What's up, Awakened Human? I'm your host, Angel, and you're listening to Lit Up For Life, the podcast. I'm on a journey to discover what truly lights us up, to bring you everything you could ever want to know about building ecstatic confidence and truly soulful self-esteem. I'm here to gather and share all the practical tools and support you need to awaken the fun and free force of nature that you were born to be. Let's go deep. What's up, guys? Wow, here we are. Episode one. Uh, It's kind of interesting. It's been a few years I've had mentors and community members really encourage me to create a podcast, but I had a lot of resistance. And I think a lot of that resistance just came from feeling at my max capacity for creating content uh, with the platform and Insta and the newsletter and yeah, all the content that I love to create and get to create, I've really felt maxed out. But after the house burned, as some of you know, and some of you who might be new here may not know, the home we lived in and everything we own burned to the ground, uh, ironically or not so ironically on Friday the 13th, about a week before California's stay at home order was put in place. But we're here we made it. And I know many of you listening are going through your own cycles of loss and grief, you know, and we're all in this together. It's been, wow, what a year. 2020 is no joke. I, I often joke with clients that life is really the frequency Olympics, but uh, I think 2020 has really taken the cake as far as finding grace amidst the chaos, finding a way to just be okay. Hey, <laughs> finding a way to come back to center and stay in compassionate kindness with ourselves and with others, staying calm, staying curious and staying courageous. So just taking a moment to honor every single one of you listening right now for whatever it is that you've moved through, because I know it's been a lot for everyone and for just being here with me and giving me your time. It's really an honor. I never, ever take that for granted. Any post anyone reads, any podcast or guided practice anyone listens to, I'm always so grateful and honored for your time that we get to be here together. And so I wanted to kick off today to talk about shadow work. It's something I think that's been coming up a lot Uh, in the spiritual community and in the personal development community, obviously pertaining to this year and everything that we're moving through as a collective, particularly as we see this movement swelling and rising, Black Lives Matter, you know, it's, it's forcing a lot of us to face the shadow that has and always been in this world and has been, you know, a force of oppression for over 400 years, but getting to really look and face the shadows that live in our world and also the biases, the subconscious biases that live within each of us. And I think that has spurred on just this line of inquiry around our shadow individually and as a collective. Also, of course, the pandemic being thrust into, for many of us all over the world, staying at home, being quiet and still and silent, (laughs) maybe for the first time in a really long time. And what that brings up, you know, what do we see in the darkness, in the stillness, in the silence? And I think that even the term shadow work can really create fear. It can 
create a sense of avoidance. If I talk about darkness or shadow, does that have you moving towards it? Just notice your internal reaction or is there a part of you that is moving away from that. And I would say that's quite natural. You know, language is incredibly powerful. And so that's why I also want to offer a slightly different perspective on shadow work, what it is, how we can engage with it, and potentially how we can shift the way that we see it so that we can approach it and move towards it rather than whether consciously or subconsciously find ourselves moving away from it, looking away from it, turning away from the pain within ourselves, which also makes us less able to face the pain in others and the world. It takes practice, you know, to really be able to sit with our own pain, to sit with our own discomfort, to really face fully. And when we can get good at that within ourselves, it's my belief that then And only then we get really good at being able to do that with others and the world. So to kick us off, I want to share a story with you guys. It's actually a story that I've never shared publicly before. I've never written about it. I've never shared about it. I've never filmed about it. (laughs) It's not out there. The only people that know this story are people very, very close to me. I would say there I can count on one hand the people that know this story. But I wanted to share it with you guys because I think it, well, I don't think I know it was one of the most pivotal and transformative experiences of my entire life. It completely shaped the way that I see the idea of quote unquote shadow work or darkness and how I interact with that in myself and in the world. And I also think in the name of intimacy, kicking off this podcast, I want this podcast to be, it is my intention that this podcast is a space for true intimacy and vulnerability in the conversations that I have with the guests that I'll have on. And so if that's my intention, then I get to lead by being vulnerable and sharing that with you guys. So here it goes. So the story takes place. I would have been 24 I would say. So four years ago, four or five years ago. And at this time I was living in London. I was in my private yoga practice. So I had started off teaching in studios and very quickly developed a one-to-one client base. And the one-to-one clients I was working with, we were doing, um, definitely a variation on just your typical yoga class. There was Um, cooking and just holistic lifestyle involved. We were talking about sex and relationships and love, all from the perspective of spirituality and yoga philosophy. But what I was also starting to get in touch with was energy work and opening myself back up to my energetic sensitivities. Since I was a child, I've felt very sensitive energetically. I had my mum taking me to psychics and all sorts of things to try and give me support really for these experiences that I was having that she didn't understand or couldn't explain, but bless her for buying me angel cards and yeah, taking me to psychics and really doing her best to support me in that. And these types of experiences that I was having at the time felt really scary because they felt supernatural. And the only reference point that I had for that was like, haunted like ghosts and things like that. So you can imagine as a kid, I was just absolutely terrified. I viscerally remember, and it seems so silly. I was opening my curtains in my room as a teenager. I was probably 15 or closing them because it was nighttime and I was going to bed. And as I was closing them, I heard boo 
over my ear. I mean, come on, like pretty creative, right? Like <laughs> a ghost that says boo. And I turned around thinking that it, like, it scared me and I jumped and started, but I turned around thinking it was my dad playing a trick on me and the door was shut and no one was there. And I was terrified. I had other experiences of being woken up because I was being licked on the face. And again, I would have been 17 at this stage and I thought it was my boyfriend. I was like, why are you licking me on the face? What are you doing? And I opened my eyes and realized that I'm facing into the nothingness and he's behind me in the bed. And things like this, which which I can explain or from a different perspective now, I realize that my fear was so powerful, my judgment of the energy created a certain experience of it. So we can get, we're about to get further into that and what that means. So just to kind of give you a background of these, like when I say these experiences that I was having. So anywho, I'd obviously shut down my energetic sensitivities quite intentionally out of fear because I didn't know what that was, what was happening. It just made me feel absolute terror. Sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and I couldn't tell you why, but I just felt energy in the room or like a presence it felt like. And I was so scared. I have such compassion for that little girl. Yeah. So I was so scared. And I had a psychic teach me to place light around my body. And I remember I'd be laying there placing the light around my body and like, oh, I'd be like, oh no, what about my brother in the room next door and, and my parents in their room? So I'm trying to expand the light bubble to reach over them and then over the whole house. And eventually I would just fall back asleep out of exhaustion because I'm laying there holding this bubble out of effort <laughs> of light, which I now can giggle at and think, oh, how wrong I had it, you know, but bless, that's what I needed to do at the time to, to feel safe, to, to be able to, to cope. So fast forward and I'm in London teaching a practice and have a much different understanding, hadn't had any sort of quote unquote scary experiences for a long time, had sort of realized that these types of experiences are simply us projecting fear onto our experience of energy. But I was about to get a much deeper lesson in what that really means. So I'm going to see a regular client of mine. We'll call him Tom. And uh, Tom lets me know as I'm on the way to see him, hey, I have a friend. We'll call her Sarah. Sarah, and I'd really, I, I've gifted her a session. I'd like to gift her a session with you. She's going through a really hard time. Would you be open to seeing her straight after our session today? And I didn't have any clients. He was my last client for the evening. So I said, yeah, no worries. I get there and Tom and I go through our typical session of yoga and some energy work. And then when he's finished, Sarah comes in and I meet her. And at this time I'd been practicing opening up my like I said, my sensitivities, my clairsentience in a safe way, sort of reopening my channel. So as soon as Sarah entered the room, I had a very visceral experience, a feeling or a sense of some really uh, intense energy, darkness and trauma and a lot of pain and suffering. And so we moved through our session and did a lot of sort of more shamanic alternative movements and yogas just to get her in her body and get her feeling safe in her body and all that kind of stuff. And as she laid down for Shavasana with permission from her, I just sort of did what I would regularly do in Shavasana, which is close off the energy of the room with light and call in the light and ask it to work through me and on behalf of me, ask myself to step aside so that I could just be a vessel for light and love to do its work on her with permission from her soul. And I did that, stepped aside, cleared the room, set the space energetically. And as soon as I did this, I had the most visceral experience of dark energy that I've ever had. 
And interestingly, some of you may be getting creeped out (laughs) by now, but don't worry, stick with it because I'm actually about to blow all of this out of the water and completely dissolve it into love in a way that perhaps you've never had done before. And so if there's a part of you that's feeling scared, I actually encourage you to stay listening because you potentially could receive the most medicine from this paradigm shift. Stick with it. So had this visceral experience of incredibly dark energy. And in that moment, I didn't feel scared because as I said, I'd asked myself to step aside and I'd called in the light. And so all that I was experiencing is really God force, goddess force, source energy, love light, and also contrast in also the most powerful way I'd ever viscerally experienced it. And contrast is so beautiful for that. I mean, we live in a world of contrast. I know what big is because I know what small is. I know what quiet is because I've experienced loud. So in this moment of stark contrast, experiencing the darkest energy I'd ever experienced, I mean, dare I say, it felt to me in that moment as almost demonic And in that same moment, I got to experience the fullest, most penetrative, expansive force of light and God goddess and source energy that I'd ever experienced. And I had a visceral experience of this energy coming in and speaking to what felt like this darkness that was this cloud around this this beautiful woman and, and calling it out. And my experience was of this this source energy speaking to this, what I perceived at the time as quote unquote dark energy and saying, I see you there. You can dress up in whatever energy you desire to dress up in. You can cloak yourself in darkness. You can cloak yourself in any character or energy, but I see what you are in truth and what you are in truth is me. I am you and you are me in Lakesh Alakin. And I see you there, God. I see you there, love. I see you there, light. And I welcome you home. I open my arms in full embrace. I'm not afraid because I see what you are in truth. And I had this visceral experience of this darkness being reintegrated, being welcomed in, fully hugged, embraced, and through that transmuting back into love light, essentially. And then, you know, close the space, close the ceremony, (laughs) finish the session. And as you can imagine, I felt bewildered. I had never had an experience quite like that previous to that. And so as I sat on the tube home, I checked in with my guides. Now, when I say checked in with my guides, some of you might be like, what the F does that mean? So for me, it really just means getting quiet. And finding a certain sense of stillness and dropping into a certain, I guess you'd say brainwave state, which is a a state of meditation and relaxation, being nice and still and quiet and just holding the question in my mind and just surrendering and seeing if any answer arises in the space of my consciousness. So anyone can do this, right? And some may call this simply meditation or getting an insight or here in LA, a really popular term is a download. And at the time, the reason I use the phrase check in with my guides is because that's how I perceived it at that time. And for me, all those options are true. They're all true, whatever is most true for you. So I got quiet, I got still, and I held the the question in my mind, you know, what was that energy? 
Because although in the moment I didn't feel any fear because it wasn't me face to face with this energy, I was just simply a witness in the space, holding the space and allowing love light to work through me and be present in the space. So there's no fear in the actual experience. But after the experience, thinking about the experience, the fear came in, the judgment came in, the memories of past experiences and just a worry, like, what is this? What is, you know, what's happening? And so I asked the question, you know, what was that? And the answer that came through changed me forever. And what came through was this idea that energy just is what it is. It's neither good nor bad, but our perception of it, our judgment of it is what gives us an experience of it. So the way that it was shown to me is if I have an association with a certain energy of fear, but my only understanding of fear is let's say I feel that frequency when I watch a scary movie or something like that. And then those images are an association I now have with that energy. But what was revealed to me is that that is my judgment of the energy. That is not the energy itself. And the reframe that I was offered in that moment was you could also see it. You could see it as demonic energy, quote unquote, or you could see it as baby energy. This is an unrealized, unactualized frequency. It's less conscious less aware therefore it's less aware of itself as the love and light that it is in truth that we all are in truth and we're all on a journey from my perspective every person every being every soul every cell every organism is on a journey through self-actualization to know ourselves and each other and the world around us more deeply in a more connected holistic whole way to really become as aware and as conscious as possible and so these frequencies, these energies, certain people. I mean, you know, we have certain people in the world that walk around that are less actualized, let's say, less conscious, less realized. And we don't call them demons, or maybe we do, but they're just less aware. They're, you know, they're less aware. And so the reframe was a baby isn't bad, but you wouldn't let it drive your car that is dangerous, but it's just less actualized. And instead it's our job to lovingly educate and guide. And there's so much power in that, the power of love. We need not turn away from any energy, especially within ourselves. And this is why this story was so pivotal for me, but also why I wanted to share it with you guys, because this experience taught me so much about what I had perceived as shadow or darkness and why I never had to be afraid of that ever again. Like, wow, there's so much power there. How the power actually lies instead of turning away from this type of energy, but turning to face it fully as the loving, mature, more actualized energy. So what does that make us? The parent, the elder in that moment, right? There are moments in which we we come head to head or face to face with this subconscious or less actualized or shadow, quote unquote, although that feels like a fear-based word, or this baby energy. And we get to, it doesn't have to be our responsibility unless it's energy within us. But if it's inter- if we're interacting with this type of energy, we're being affected by this type of energy, then we know, oh, here's an opportunity. I get to be the loving guide here for a part of myself or a part of someone else or an energy that's present in a room. 
I don't have to assimilate or calibrate to that energy. I get to make sure that I'm calibrating to the energy that I choose. And from that place, I either at least hold steady my own energy or potentially even start to positively influence the energy of the room and the people around me. And so that little reframe for me from darkness to baby energy has been so powerful and it's allowed me to come face to face with clients and friends and family members in really dark places and not look away from their pain or their their quote unquote darkness because instead this reframe that was offered to me in that moment of, of real fear helped me return to love. And for me, that is always the answer, right? So after that, I made a deal with the guides, the energies that be. I said, okay, I continue to be and I choose to be and it is my devotion and lifelong commitment to be a vessel for love and light, but I don't want a clairsentient experience of energy. Uh, I'm not ready for that. And the, the answer that came back through was, okay, but you realize you've got to take the rough with the smooth, the light with the dark. It's like if you don't want a visceral clairsentient experience of that type of energy, then you don't get a clairsentient visceral experience of the God force that came with it. And that felt okay to me at that time. I felt ill prepared <laughs> to, to handle the, the intensity of that kind of experience. And so I made that deal. And as I stepped off the train or the tube, I looked up and it was 11-11. And to me, that felt like a handshake. And I never had another experience like that again, which is fascinating to me to think that it is also my belief that we are all energetically sensitive. We all have access to abilities like clairvoyance, clairsentience, empathy, deep, intuitive empathy and knowing, almost telepathy. It's like the people you're super close with and really connected with, you can almost know what they're thinking. Or if someone's passed and you're really close to them and you're in a scenario, you can almost hear what they would have said or what they would have thought and you can feel them because of that deep empathetic connection. And we as humans, we all have this capacity, but it is, you know, as I say, with great power comes great responsibility. It's like, if we are going to be so present to that power, then we get to be so responsible with how we interact with it. And it's a lot. So for most of us, we learn to shut down these abilities, these sensitivities, because we're not often given the support and the resources, whether that be inner spiritual resources or literal external support to cope with and deal with and integrate these experiences. So most of us shut them down. So I just wanted to highlight that, that every single person listening, we all have the potential to have these kinds of experiences and deep sort of connection to the energy in the world around us, which is a beautiful thing and nothing to be afraid of, but certainly can be intense. I mean, we know, like even if we walk into a room where there's been an argument, even if the argument's not happening anymore, you can feel it. Why do we say things like you could cut the tension with a knife? It's like we are actually far, far, far more tapped in and tuned in than we may give ourselves credit for. But yeah, I just wanted to share that story with you guys and share that perspective with you guys in hopes that it allows you to realize that you may have, I mean, we all have parts of us that are less realized, that are less mature, that are less grown up, that are less actualized, that are less aware and conscious. So if you have a trigger or there's maybe a part of you that feels like it's actually working against you, that uh, self-saboteur or the inner critic or um, the part of you that may over or under eat to self-soothe or binge drink or do any kind of behavior that seems counter 
intuitive or counterproductive to your healthiest, happiest you, sometimes we can wonder like, what is this part of me that seems to be working against me? And what I would offer you is that every part of us has positive intent. So it's trying to fulfill a role that it thinks is positive for you. So let's say if we're self-soothing with food, it's trying to move you away from some kind of pain and to protect you through the comfort of food, which might be an ineffective or immature way of coping with pain, but it's the best way that that part of you might know how. And so again, if we're going with this idea of baby frequency rather than or less realized or just less grown up part of us, it's the inner child stuff instead of shadow or dark energy, because that makes that phrasing alone has us turn away from these parts of ourselves. And that all that happens when we do that is we might shove it deeper into our subconscious where it actually has more power over us rather than turning to fully face these parts of us with love to reparent and reeducate, to give that part of us better resources and more support to take action on the role it's trying to fulfill, like integrating or coping with pain or loss or grief, which is a part of life, giving that part of us the resources and support it needs, reparenting it by turning towards it with love rather than turning away in disgust or fear or shame. And this takes a lot of practice. It takes tools. It takes work. We're going to get into much more of that on our journey together, whether you're on our mailing list and you get our practices or you're going to be listening to the podcast or the Instagram or if you're in our Lit Up community, whatever aspect or wherever you're at in interaction with my work and with this community, we are going to go deeper and all this stuff and there are going to be more tools. But all I wanted to offer up today was just this simple shift in perspective in the way that we interact with quote unquote the shadow, quote unquote the darkness, and to lift that up into the light so that we can turn to face it. It doesn't mean that we're trying to quote unquote love and light our way out of everything, but it means that we can honor the parts of us that may not be fully realized or actualized, that may not be behaving in a way that we approve of or that is good for us or healthy for us, but we don't need to cast it aside and create more separation within us. We get to welcome at home. Sometimes a loving parent is a disciplinarian. That's an important part of being a loving parent and we get to fulfill that role for ourselves too. But it's from a place of love and it's from a place of approaching this part of ourselves rather than avoiding. So may we all find the language and the teachings that resonate with us and allow us to approach and become present with all the parts in us. It reminds me of the energy of anima mundi, which is the world's soul. And the mantra that comes to mind for anima mundi is embrace all, reject none. It's the world's soul, it's like mother nature. If you think about it, nature embraces all and rejects none. Everything has a place. Nothing questions its worthiness or its place in the world. Everything is embraced. So if we can learn to welcome and say yes to every part of ourselves, that's a path to healing. That's that's the journey of the soul from my perspective as we see these uncomfortable things arising within us in response to the uncomfortable things arising outside of us. If we can learn to say, yes, yes, all parts of me are welcome here and to reparent and reeducate ourselves so that we can keep showing up in love, then it's easier for us to go out there and be these love warriors, these light warriors to do 
hard things and have hard conversations, but keep showing up with an open heart and courage and not turning away from the pain of the world, but being able to be fully present with it and trusting that there's a way forward to transform. So I'm going to leave it there, guys. Thank you for listening and being the space to hear quite an intimate and vulnerable share. You know, I don't often talk about energy quite in this way. It feels like I'm exposing myself, (laughs) but it also feels good, right? From vulnerability comes connection if I allow you to see me more of me then I allow you to connect with more of me also if you had an aha moment during this podcast or you learned something new or feel inspired in any way then please do share it with someone that you think might benefit from it too and if you really want to help a sister out then please subscribe and leave a short review wherever you're listening to this and if you do you're going to go on the draw to win a private one-on-one coaching session with moi Also, if you want to come to our free live event, the Primal Priestess Masterclass, it's happening again on July 11th at 2 p.m. That's a Saturday LA time and it'll be 5 p.m. New York time, 10 p.m. London time or if you're a Sydney cider, it will be 7 a.m. Sunday morning, the 12th of July. So we had women experiencing wild side effects from this primal power activation for days after the last event. I was receiving messages from women who were having lucid dreaming experiences, a woman who had a spontaneous awakening in the bathtub. I personally had some of the most elevated, embodied, sensual, tantric sex of my life afterwards. And there was a ton of trauma released, healing, integrations, awakenings, inspiration. I mean, we let go of a lot in this spaceship of sisterhood that we create in these lives events so if you're ready for some of that then come on over to my instagram at lit up for life that's l-i-t-u-p-f-o-r-l-i-f-e and then click on the link in my bio and you'll find it super easy it'll take you about two minutes to get free access to the prime priestess masterclass and if you can't make the live event on july 11th then no sweat still sign up because i'll make sure that you receive the recording and also the three guided audios that i'm going to gift to you which help you guide you through the three primal power practices that I teach you in the live event. I'm excited guys and I will see you there. Wherever you are today, just taking a moment if you feel inspired, placing your hand on your heart, just taking a moment with yourself, just of gratitude. You're here, you're showing up. You're doing the very best you can. That's worthy of a thank you.